we did a Thursday night show last week with these four bands on the road, and the opening band, it's a Thursday night, did oh, a fucking encore. Oh, I heard about that. Oh, I was here. Oh, I, I was here by that. You're like, too. these assholes yes. are doing an encore. <laughs> an encore. <laughs> the opening band. Who does that? Here we are, uh, Tom. Welcome back to your stage. Wow, thank you. At the Phoenix Theater. And here we are at the Phoenix Theater. You know, if you're noticing that the show is starting a little bit late tonight, it's because we have three sound guys uh, on the show with us tonight, and just getting the sound right for these guys took us an additional hour and a half to get the levels correct. So you're implying that it's right? Right now? No, as a matter of fact, I'm sure it's not, okay. but it's, a work it's brighter than it was, yeah. I think. This is yeah, a pretty right. exciting show because we have, as Tom put it, three generations of Phoenix sound guys on stage with us. We have Kyle, who still works as a sound guy Kyle around Lynch. here. Kyle Lynch. We have Ian Dubois, who is very much a part of the theater, but works shows less regularly. But, but is the president of the board of but directors. But is the president of the board of directors. Wow. At the Phoenix Theater. At know. the Phoenix yeah, Theater. Yeah. And we have well, Nick, Nick Malgiri. Mal- Mal- yeah. Nick Malgiri. Mm-hmm. I started no. I started like a year after you did, right, yeah. Ian? I went. I was already here. What year did you start? I don't know. 94. 94. Wow, really? I started in 94. You didn't start. I put the PA in in 96. No, no, no. You know what it was? I started working as a janitor with Tim Holton. You did. Yes, you yes. did. Right. Yes. And so I think 95 or something. I think cool. we're the only club the actually uh, cool. in the country that uh, mm-hmm. insists on you uh, cleaning toilets here for a year before we let you be a sound That's guy. the very first job I ever had <laughs> in my entire life. What's so remarkable about tonight, I think, is that the three of you guys who are here have all gone on to have actual careers in sound, and you all got your start essentially here at the Phoenix Theater. It's true. Would you so agree? Much. Yeah, well, that gets a formal thanks to Tom, well, for sure. Yeah, well, and yeah, I mean, no, and, Are you kidding? Thank you, guys, because who knew, uh, you helping, knew there were nights that you were the only thing keeping this building alive. Maybe the only people here, even. <laughs> well, that's Maybe true. the that's only true. people yeah. here. Even. But, yeah. I mean, and it's not just going to work at another, you know, all-ages club or whatever. You guys have worked with some heavy hitters in the music industry, A-listers. I mean, Nick, you just got done with a thing with Sting. Is that correct? It's true, yeah. TED yeah. Talks, actually, with Sting. All right. Oh, nice. And, Kyle, you're currently working at Phil Lesh's Terrapin in Crossroads yep. and you as well yeah. Ian and you yeah. of course were uh, the man with the Grateful Dead and of course further so yeah. and you guys have all done various other things but it's it's really cool to see that you at a very young age started here and have taken it to places probably further than you ever thought you would so right look yeah, how far true. it got me uh, gets me home and then back down yeah, home and back down. I, mean, but, I remember. But with that, I say welcome to the show. Thank you guys for joining. Thanks. Us. I'm actually I'm a big fan of the back. show. I'm really Thanks, excited to be here. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Tom, well, yes, you have these three people on stage. What's, oh, yeah. what's going through your mind right now? The fact that after working this place and having to work for me, uh, that they still want to do it is I, I find that incredible tenacity. Uh, and I really am so super proud of these guys. These guys are wow. And he because, was one of the referrals for the job I'm at currently, gee, which, I, yeah, which yeah. is what? Oh, uh, Stanford you. University. I hope I was. I would refer you to anybody, as a matter of Aww. fact. You were, yeah, absolutely. Um, to work here uh, as a sound guy is to work with, uh, you're getting an idea of what our system's always been like. There's always weirdness to it. I learned early in this industry there is no such thing as we can't fix it. 
it must be fixed, and we must have the show tonight. And these guys have pulled it off every time. There was the one time the gas line got cut outside. I was here for that. For the last, but it was let's like the that, last song let's or hear two. That whole story. I'm yeah. trying to remember what the, what the band was there, but we oh, had uh, shit. And the, if someone <laughs> kicked it, uh, yeah, someone. It was like a pissed off patron. Yeah, I think we, we he was leaving, that. and he kicked the gas main. Yeah. What was the band though? Boy, it was it was some friends of ours. Everyone was pretty pissed because yeah. we had to evacuate the entire building. Yeah, it was it was a fairly strong show, and that was a problem. They were already most of the way through their set, as I yeah, recall. Yeah, they were. Had to call the fire department, and we did have to to walk away that night. Yeah, and that was that was uh, freaky. That was I, freaky. I remember evacuating people. And yeah, that yeah. Was and totally you guys, uh, we all came through like uh, champs on that one. We got the building all evacuated, and, and uh, I think it went smoother than the stink bomb at the AFI show. I was just going to bring oh, that up. Bomb. Yeah, right. yeah. No. or the you know I remember about Hazel that show. Fire now, first of all, who was present for the stink bomb at the AFI show? Here we have three show of hands: yeah, yeah. Nick, Ian, and Tom. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so Kyle and I were still twinkle. A- a- AFI was playing, and it wasn't a stink bomb. It was Mace. Yeah, it was Mason. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. a fight broke out in the pit. And, and now are, they, are they nationally famous yet? Or yeah, they, just yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. Um, Days of the Dan Phoenix had too. just come out. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking 2001-ish, maybe. Yeah, maybe sure. 2002, whatever. Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so a fight broke out. Security was there. There was a debate for hours and hours after the show who deployed the mace. Yeah. 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 It wasn't us. No, well, it wasn't us. Well, it wasn't us, and it wasn't us. Yeah. Uh, it was but us. long story short, the building was packed. It was like oh, 110% yeah. humidity. Yeah. yeah. It was 100 Crazy degrees. Hot. It doesn't take that much mace before it permeates everything. 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 And the and entire building brutal. emptied out onto yeah. the street. Yeah. Okay, so true. of the three people at the table who are sitting here, how many of you got mace in your eyes that night? Oh, for sure. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, every, I, I, did, yeah. I don't think I did. Ian didn't, but I the ended other up, two did. I ended up no, running down there during the start of the fight and kind of caught the periphery yeah. of it. So we were outside. Everybody's coughing and hacking. <laughs> Davey's out yeah. back coughing. Dan <laughs> was here. Dan was totally here because Dan yeah, was yeah. freaking out. Yeah. And so um, you know what I learned that night? Um, everybody was like trying to drink water and pour water on their face. Yes. And that wasn't nope. helping. Yeah, I that. yeah, some gutter punk yeah. ran up to 7-Eleven. Some like older gutter punk dude and came down with arms full of milk and was just like pouring them over people. And yeah. I think I might have even told him like, take one backstage. Man <laughs> yeah, needs this, otherwise we're all milk. fucked. Yeah, we're all screwed. Yeah. That reminds yeah, me no. of another one of my favorite stories, Siren, which was one of my favorite bands ever. And Brian Zero Brian was Zero, an yeah, awesome yeah. substitute awesome school teacher from, when yes, I was in was, high school and, what, and yeah, doing sound here. And yep. what was Siren? Siren, Siren was a punk band, a local punk, punk band. Yeah, yeah. Pop mm-hmm. punk from Santa Rosa. Popular, oh, they were locally popular? Yeah, they drew well here. And so they're playing on stage, and Brian Zero had two shticks in that band. One was giving up peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to the kids in the audience. Yep. Uh, the other one was burning money on stage. That was like his political <laughs> statement. Nice. And and I remember he used to say, like, somebody give me a dollar and I'm going to burn it. And he'd be talking while he lit it on fire on stage. And who was the Dave, the old gutter punk, who oh. was older, like, like not a glam punk, but like, you know, a punk punk. Yeah. He was in the audience and he's screaming at him, burn a 20. <laughs> And Brian Zero says, okay, give me one. He goes, burn one of yours. (laughs) (laughs) Did he? No, no, that, no. He didn't hear that part. No, the show kept going. <laughs> he missed that part. Yeah, he yeah. plays on the <laughs> selective here. It's hard to make a statement well, there. Yeah, Twenty right. was big money in those days. Right. Though. No, I can say that the only at the Phoenix memories, they they kind of stick stronger than the memories that I have from stuff on the road. Because oh, I've been oh, on the yeah. road for years and I've seen crazy shit. And the only at the Phoenix stuff, a lot of that sticks better. I think yeah. it's more organic here. 
Yeah, I think yeah, so it, too. It really was. Yeah, you know, so it, it was. It was a, a, It was in the moment. Most of this stuff was absolutely in the moment, and and that's the beauty of it because it is so in the moment. We really can't stop it, and and so the moment happens, and some incredible things do happen in those yeah. moments, yeah. and they've been they've been glorious. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, the theaters they go to, anyone's like, oh, this is so bad right now, or this is so weird, or like this is so hard right now. I'm like, dude, it's <laughs> totally the trenches of rock and roll. Yeah, and is, yeah. and not everybody well, gets to experience it they go to expressions and they do their thing right and And now that i'm out there in the world being a professional when problems happen i feel like some general who's actually fought like on the beaches of normandy who's (laughs) like you ain't seen nothing son no come on we can totally we got this like no problem well now i look (laughs) at it like you know as a 13 year old kid and i'm helping him fix up the ramps or whatever and he's like hey you want a job I was like, oh, yeah, I want a job. But you were a tool guy. I didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> you, you were the door guy for a really I, long, time. long time. Yeah. And like, really? You want Kyle, the door guy, to learn how to do sound? Absolutely. No, it was great. It was how old, how old are you, Kyle, now? I'm 22. You're 22. Nick, how old are you? 33. And Ian? 38. 38. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I by think, like 14, I yeah. think I was mixing with yeah. you. The first show I ever d- did here was Schizo. Right. And at the uh, end of the night, <laughs> all right, you know. I'm like watching, I was either working with Ian or, or Nate, and I'm like, why aren't these guys touching the cables or whatever? So I'm just rolling why up aren't cables. these guys touching Right, the so I'm rolling up all the mic cables, <laughs> you know, all the wedge cables, and all of a sudden, I just feel my arm is just wet, you know? And I oh. look down, and it's like bright green, and I was yeah. like, nope, all right, I'm ro- my arm is Covered in puke. You are, puke not, on you are yeah. not the first sound guy that <laughs> no. that's happened to. Because, of no. course, schizo's shtick is that. Yeah. Right. They've gone. Right. We've gone over yeah. this yeah. on yeah. the previous yeah. episode, they, but maybe Lance not everybody listens to all of it. No, no, but, but here's the best part of the shtick that you left out, is okay. that Lance would drink... Uh, green uh, colored liquid. Don't give away his secrets. Out, I think out, it's of, out, of, out of a car battery on stage. What? Yeah. It would be like an <laughs> empty car yes. battery. Yeah. Oh and he would like yeah. pretend to take the lid off for the first time and drink all this green stuff oh, out of yeah. it and then regurgitate it, usually on a female. Oh, he was good. Oh, yeah. Schizo, of course, is a 30-year yeah. punk rock band that uh, yeah, doing Lance is years. the front man and he Lance vomits Ozan. on people. Well, my version of the Not puke story was when Slipknot played here. Let's hear about that. And they were fucking wasted. That guy stole all the faders off our fucking lighting board. That what? was the guy. That was the I guy. Remember and that. We, we went to toes with uh, Deborah Osborne because Deborah Osborne was managing Slipknot yep. at the time. Yep. Who steals the faders? Those guys. You mean yeah. sure so, 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 but sure. one, so they had two percussionists, right? That that played these giant tom things yeah. that were these hydraulic lifts yeah. that bounced around, and it was. Uh, anyways, um, one of the guys peed. All over the stage. Yes. Yes. <laughs> one of the Slipknot guys yes. peed all over the like During the set. Right? Yeah, during, yeah, it was one Pant of the, the percussions. Pants down or pants No, up. it was like wasted, bent over, you know, popping a little turtle head out, kind of peeing on himself and, and everything else, including the pile of mic cable that was right next to his oh, hydraulic rig. Fuck. And I remember standing there being like, either so I can gross. work the rest of the show or I can pick up that pile of cables and I'm not doing both. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this is where me being a total asshole sometimes really comes in handy yes. because oh, somehow yeah, the work yeah. does get done. We just there are things we have to do to get through the night. And but there uh, were some bands up. that you were also a total asshole to. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. because you had to. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were really, a lot of bands that you had to be. I was an asshole, like the Lincolns, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, like oh, the, Lincolns. the Lincolns. Yes, yeah. for instance. No. But yeah. you know, I can be an asshole and still love them, and I always have loved I know. the Lincolns. I love them too. Here's my first Lincolns experience. The manager walks up. Who are the Lincolns? 
they're, they're a local punk band, and the manager comes up before the set, and he goes, uh, hi, I'm the manager of the Lincolns. Here's $100 for the microphone the singer is going to break. Yes, that's true. They <laughs> Which, brought money yeah. for the mic every time. I, I think he kind of yeah, waited for me to say something, and I just kind of nodded yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and took the $100 and was like, sweet, we finally got a new vocal mic. <laughs> oh, the first time the drummer kicked over the drum kit, I was so angry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I hate when that mic happens. With the mic's on him, and he was just all like, I was like, you asshole. You what the those are the most some of the most expensive mics right there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember the the, oh, the, the nightmare guitarist. technical stories. I just remembered one. The okay. guitarist well, was, thought. was drunk and climbing up the ladder that's on the back wall. And we're talking about the, or are you talking uh, no, about the, the one that went up to the fly bar when okay, there was the such landing. a thing? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so oh, it's this ladder yeah, that, that goes ladder. up the, bu- yes. the back wall. And before the curtain was there, it was exposed and you could see it. Yeah. And he's drunk during the set with his guitar hanging behind him, which oh is like God. a $3,000 PRS. Yeah. He's climbing up the ladder. <laughs> he's running out of cable on his instrument and pulling over his <laughs> this Mesa This is during boogie. the performance, yeah. huh? Yeah, he's yeah, pulling yeah. over his Mesa Boogie amplifier while he's banging the $3,000 guitar on the concrete wall on the ladder. He gets about halfway up the ladder, kind of keels over one of the steps oh, no. and throws up. <laughs> I hated that thing was so dangerous. Yeah, it was yeah. really bad. That was a bad I mean, idea. I bet you thought yeah. for sure this guy was going to fall to his death. I was I, hoping. I probably should have done something <laughs> that in was retrospect. Bill, Bill is, you know what, yeah. he's a genius besides. Yeah. He is, uh, it was all about the show with those guys. They yeah. played, weirdly enough, as much of his mess as they apparently were, they played great punk. They were a they great They were really punk good. Band. They no, were I really, really liked good. them. Yep. I, and they did it in such a way it was likable. It yeah. was likable. They're, I didn't like it. Well. Yeah, no, no. But the sound guy's never supposed to like it. <laughs> it was what the Sex Pistols wanted to be. Yes, yeah, it really yeah. was. They were the real deal. It. They lived it. They were it. So, oh, yeah. So you have a technical story for us, huh? Yeah, it made me remember the, uh, the band with the fire extinguisher. Oh, and, those kids. And, yeah, that was and great. I think that was my technical nightmare. Nothing <laughs> broke. Who's the band with the fire extinguisher? They, these kids, oh, they were called Hazel. That was it. And, yeah. and we, had been, we had been using uh, one of the members of the band was was interning for us. Like, yes. like learning sound. Colin? Was yeah, Colin. Name? I want to say Colin. Yeah. Parents in the audience and friends. And a lot of excitement, and they're like band number two, maybe. I think Logan Whitehurst <laughs> yeah. was headlining that <laughs> yes, night. Yes, they ended the show almost. Um, <laughs> and uh, they they thought it would be a great gimmick to to set off fire extinguishers. They thought it was a smoke machine. They, they thought that's... Be, you know they thought they were using the you know how there's the mist fire extinguishers for electrical the CO two fire or, extinguishers. Yeah, yeah, the CO two ones. Yeah. It, no, no, these Ours ones have powder, powder in them. Yes. And, and it's dangerous. <laughs> and it's dangerous. Like, it's, yeah. it's dangerous. And it landed on every microphone and oh, every speaker. Oh, and yeah. oh. I mean, it was just all Coated over the stage. stage. Yes. The board. I bet like, Tom's reaction, what the fuck? Oh, it was oh, so... Come on, you guys. <laughs> like, the deal, he was. The he deal, was. Oh, Both yes, of us were. shaking. <laughs> Both of us but, were. And the kids cried. Cried. Yeah, they seriously cried. Yeah, I mean, uh, what could I do? When like, you were yelling at them, they cried? He, absolutely. You know what's funny yeah. is I can just envision, too, they probably had like the biggest smile as they were about to do it. Like, oh, we've been waiting months to do this thing. And then they do it. And then yeah, they it was a tough one. What the... Yeah. No, I was... Oh, God. Well, it, it was like all bad. Well, when it I played here with Headboard, bad. we had decided that mixing lighter fluid and Vaseline and putting it on Alex's cymbals at the end of the set when he hit the cymbals, the fire yes. would shoot everywhere. It was a good idea. Oh, and all it did was just kind of sprinkle down fire all over the stage, yeah. and Alex fell off the back of the riser trying to get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> and it totally burned, took it the burned wind holes out of the in the carpet <laughs> yeah. that was on the drum riser forever. That wicker carpet. Yeah. I remember yeah. reading like an article in the Bohemian or something back when, 
you were kind of bringing the fight more more back in the day, Tom, when there was more of a contentious relationship <laughs> yeah, yeah, between yeah. you and the authorities, we'll call them. It and it, it was funny. It was just it was really interesting to hear you like uh, in print be like, hey, you know what? We're here and we're not going to go anywhere. So whatever. I remember during the raves being out front. And there was like some kids out there hanging out as they were coming in and out having cigarettes or whatever kids do. And a police car would pull up and just grab a kid and put him in the car. Yes. And yeah. drive off. <laughs> what? Wow. And this is yes. what happened periodically yeah, through the night. And it was basis. really weird. And I, I remember talking about it with staff people being like, what the hell's going on? And Big Mike was out there and he had like some super torch flashlight oh, and he shines it up Mike. in one of the windows of the Peluma Hotel oh, across right. the intersection. Yep. And there's a guy up there with a telescope. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there was. And I guess they thought they were seeing kids like exchange drugs or something and just yeah. calling yeah. in the, the one with the yeah. pink tutu. And they'd roll around and just pick <laughs> oh, them up. But, but we, we saw all the kids come back one by one yeah. as after they've been detained. Yeah. All right. That was tough. So can we listen to the theme song again? Or, <laughs> or uh, no. I'll just sing on stage jam and Tom. Oh, he, as it's uh, always the case when we have a lot of people on stage that know everybody and have a bunch of stories, we've jumped around a lot. But um, we had the last ever Sublime show here, at least before their yeah. current incarnation, which doesn't have we the, did. the lead yeah. singer. Right. Uh, and that was, I believe, 1996. Was it really 1996? I believe so. There's a ticket yeah. stub mm-hmm. in the box office yeah. to this day from that show. Oh, wow. Have, yeah, wow. Yeah. 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 So That's now I believe uh, oh, Ian and Nick, you both work that show. Oh. Uh, I was here. I don't know if I worked. I, I worked. may have worked. I did sound for that show. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. to people who don't, Hell of an afternoon. Who don't know, yeah. uh, the end result is Sublime played their show, and then Bradley Noel went to San Francisco. Yeah. And they didn't make it and there. Passed and the next morning. That's overdosed. what I heard. Didn't make it. It was a, they, they didn't yeah, play a no. next show. From, they did. from Christoph. They did not play yeah, the next show. Then he was wrong. That, that's been uh, a big argument for a long time. Was, yeah, whether no. or not the last show was here. And no, it last show definitely was. Definitely, oh, yeah, definitely was. And no, it was no, the no, night the night of the show oh, overnight. He, he passed away. He passed away. Yeah, yeah. Drug overdose. So but what, I heard what he got. Nope. Well, you heard wrong. Yeah, yeah you did. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, because he was with the Tahoe Agency in those days. Yeah, yeah. And he called me up the next day to say, Tom, look, you know, don't. It's got nothing to do with the Phoenix. So please don't feel bad about this. And uh, he explained that yeah, it was uh, uh, he had gone down to the mission. Uh, it, they made it to San Francisco. They were in their hotel room. Everybody went to bed. He went down to the mission and scored again. And uh, that was the one that killed him. It was a speedball, I guess, because mm. he scored here that day. Yeah, he did. That's, yeah, well, yeah. that's that's a given. I mean, he, it, I mean, it, I mean, it's not a given. No, but he just made up that whole he, story about the mission. Are you going to ruin it? No, 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 no. Because no, 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 no. you got to you got to start somewhere. And and yeah. from the from what the road crew was saying, they were saying that it was starting again. I yeah. mean, this isn't them telling me. This it is just like rumors and hearsay. It yeah. sounded like it was this a, a like, show in Chico, maybe that they. Yeah, because so, he had been clean for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, and and then he was starting to slide, and he was so incredibly late, and so like incredibly down from being down. stoned. Yeah, like and for and this show we're talking about in yeah. the afternoon for the yeah. sound check in the rehearsal. Yeah, uh, the, the sound check, I guess. And that's a historic and moment to, for you to have worked the last Sublime show. I mean, I, I, not that it's that an honor that times. not that it's an honor that you want yeah. to have, but it's just an interesting by chance thing. I don't it even is, think at is. the time we knew how big of a deal it was because I remember waking up to or the how big of a deal radio. it was gonna be. Gonna be yeah, yeah, the alarm clock yeah. radio woke me up the next day, and it was like Bradley Knowles from the band Sublime died. They played some of his songs, and I thought this doesn't sound like the band from last night. I told that was the second time that they played here. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the um, third time, I think. Was it the third time? Yeah, it was the third time. It was at least the second time. Yeah. They had been here before, and yeah. uh, 
I can't say that their shows were very good. No, I can. Uh, their first two I thought were incredible, simply because the energy and the way uh, Bradley was very good with the audience. Their the live shows were wonderful. weren't the same. Yeah, as I heard those they were awful. Right. Yeah, they, yeah. they were not a, a white ska reggae band. No. When, no. when they played live. They were a punk band. Well, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that like the blood days? Wasn't that the original sublime shit was? Yeah. Punk. Right. The Long Beach <laughs> Dub All-Stars came like two weeks after that Sublime show and did that piece on the AFR wall. They, well, it was really uh, soon after that. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, it was. It, yeah, Friends did. It was a couple of weeks after and put the uh, put the piece on the wall. Mm. That, that I think that piece is still up there. Oh, the yeah, memorial because it was yeah. that whole section of wall. This is and we're now, talking in our backstage area. Yeah, yeah, we're back talking, in the dressing room. Yeah. There yeah. was, you know, and that's part of the magic of the Phoenix. Uh, every piece uh, in on in the dressing room gets uh, screwed with. But that piece has remained clean through the years, since yeah, 96. Since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 96 yeah. So is a long incredible. time. That's incredible. People leave that piece alone, and I'm glad they do, because it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's uh, just, you know, it's something that's like a long may he shine. And uh, and he does. I I keep looking, you know, I keep wondering if maybe one day we're going to get his kid in, because his kid was a baby in those days, his son, and now he's got to be all grown up. Oh, 96, that was, <laughs> yeah. he's got to be, what, 14? Yeah, or no, 18, uh, sorry, 18, 18 or 19, yeah. probably, yeah. So holy cow, that was that was a ways back. Ian, you working that show was that a, a stressful show because everything was running behind and yeah, was, but that happens. But that happens at every yeah, show. Yeah, well, yeah. not you know. I mean, not so. every show, but there's always delays. <laughs> yeah, it but happens. that one was particularly like, bad, or no? Well, no, it was for the time. Yeah. I mean, it, if had had he not died, would I remember that show? Probably not. No, I would have because I, I like Sublime. I would have remembered that show like because Sublime. I think it was that night that Andy Messersmith tried to bungee jump off of the balcony. With an oh, was rope. that the night? <laughs> yeah. oh, Let's talk about that. See, Andy. I miss that kind of stuff working. You work oh. the show, and you don't get yes. to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, so, Nick, so Nick you were attending the show. I was. Yeah. I was. And and so he'd been threatening for like a week that he was he was going to do this. And this stunt. is just some some Phoenix guy. Yeah. 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 And he's kind of crazy. A genius. I yeah, like him. A crazy yeah. genius. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so he decided he was going to bungee jump uh, from the big height of thirty-two feet. Yes. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Is this while the band's playing? Yeah, yeah, totally. And 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 I remember him showing me the nylon rope he was going to do it with. <laughs> thinking, I, I think I told him, you know, profusely, this is a very, very bad idea. This you don't want to do this. Well, it's not, not going to end well. well. And yeah. there were movie seats at that time. Right. Really? Were, During yeah. the Sublime yeah. show, there were movie seats. Well, Absolutely. at least towards the back. Towards the yeah. back. There was Absolutely. like a back eight, eight rows at least. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not sure how much of this is in my imagination or my memory. But I have this vision of him jumping, hitting the end of the rope, and being spun like a yo-yo into the seats and the floor. <laughs> Something like that. Do you remember I that, Tom? No. See, I was told about it after the fact, uh, which is, again, you know, a lot of that used to happen. Yeah. Of course. Um, I would have killed him during <laughs> a show. He did it himself. It's people. Fun. Yeah, and he did it himself. He really did it. And that's not the first time Andy, I think, hurt himself here yeah. trying to do something totally off the wall. He was one of my favorite uh, genius freaks uh, that hung out down here. He was here. a wild card. Yes, he was a wild so, card. So speaking of younger uh, wild cards falling from the balcony, Tom Gaffey, didn't you fall from the balcony as a young man? Kind of. <laughs> I went off uh, when I was uh, yeah, about 13 or 14. We were doing uh, the handrail. We were doing hand over hand, uh, going from one side of the building <laughs> to the other. 
and I made Are it all the way. Are you talking about like handstands? No, you're no, oh, you're, like you're hanging, hanging, hanging off. Oh. and he's he's going oh, from okay. left to right. All right, <laughs> very left. responsible. I, yeah. this is, well, it's you know, <laughs> what are we going to do for fun, guys? Yeah. The the test of strength. Oh, and my friends you. were. We got to the. Uh, I got right about to where the aisle was that comes down off of a stage right aisle from the balcony. And my friends started fooling with my hands and pulling at my fingers. And they're like, oh, right. But like, uh, you know, check this out. So I actually let go. <laughs> and uh, do you know, man, I had time. It's not, it doesn't look like that far. And at the time, it didn't look like that far. But I had time to think about falling while I was falling. Oh, yeah. And oh, man, it felt like my feet had been pushed up through my jaw and Oof. I bit my tongue. Oh. It was. Oh. It was you just, could have seriously gotten hurt, Tom. Yeah, I could. I am incredibly disappointed. It, I was, if I had a broom right now, I was disappointed. Yes. Oh, kid. Right. I mean, what are you doing? That's very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, oh, boy, that hurt too. That was. That took a couple of days for me to walk right after that. And uh, yeah, I'm dis. I was disappointed in myself. <laughs> Would you mind? Pretty dumb. So everybody does a Tom Gaffey impersonation here. What? I assume. Oh come on! Yeah. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck, kid? Actually, uh, uh, so so my my version of Tom Gaffey is the far out. Oh, oh, far out. But it has to be accompanied oh, with with out, the guys. with the physical. Uh, <laughs> maneuver, which is uh, doing kind of a golf clap while oh, rolling yeah. on your heels. Yeah, yeah. Oh, far out, kid. Yeah. And a little bit of Tourette's to add to it. Oh, That's yeah. a wonderful far out thing. Oh, oh, yeah. No, you got to oh, add the Tourette's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, I like your screaming angry voice oh, because oh, it's just yeah. a stream of half profanities. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a shit, fuck, God, son of a God. Right, but that's how you get through the day down here sometimes. I think without a little profanity, it just makes it tough to make it through. You and I were talking a long time ago about when Metallica played. There was a, a Lars and Dave Mustaine story. Does that ring a bell to you at all? Well, that was uh, it was actually a Megadeth story. Oh, okay. And that's why we got uh, Metallica, I think. We had Megadeth play, and they were always great. They always put on a good show. Dave, Dave was, you know, <laughs> Dave and I actually had a little incident one time, but well, let's hear what that was. We would no, love to know. I, yeah, well, I think I mean, we'd all like to hear it. It was like all about it. me. It was all about me going out to. He was going to come on, and he wasn't going to come on. I thought, well, you know, I need to go out and announce the upcoming shows. Okay, we'll go out and do it. Nope, I'm going to go on. Don't come out and do it. All right. Oh, so, you used to do that a lot. Yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah. And he said, nope, we're not going to come out. Go out and do it. So I went back out, and he said, no, 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 wait, wait, we're going to do it. Oh God, all right. So I came back off the stage, and then they said, wait, we're not ready. No, fuck it then. I'm going to go out and do it. And it kind of pissed off Dave Mustaine that I did that. Now this very same show, and that's because Dave was. Uh, kind of on probation with his record label at that time. He'd run into some trouble in uh, on a tour in Europe, and I think they ended up breaking the tour down halfway through, and uh, the record label was going to dump him, but they'll give him one tour in the United States, and he was on probation, and they had this big security guy backstage. They all drank a lot. <clears throat> they all drank a lot. Yeah. And it was to be a clean and sober dressing room backstage. And I think that was tough for Dave maybe at the time because I think he was still working on being sober. And so he was not the happy guy we were used to. And, uh, and you know me, I just, well, I'm, I don't, I, he was being grumpy and that made me grumpy and I like being grumpy. <laughs> so anyway. I like being grumpy sometimes. <laughs> so I was grumpy so with him, he was grumpy with me. But uh, during that show, uh, as I'm walking to the uh, backstage entrance, uh, stage left, uh, at the curtain, I have Lars Ulrich pushed into me by the security guy who has literally got him by the scruff of the neck, I think, and he's throwing him out of the back dressing room, and he's saying, this man is not to be here. 
boom, and off he goes. <laughs> I'm going to tell Lars Ulrich he can't go backstage. Probably if I have to, I will. I'd rather not. But Lars and his crew decided, screw this, and they went over and they hung out at Volpe's, which is a great little bar and restaurant across the street from the theater. Used to be a speakeasy, and it's a glorious place. And back in that speakeasy, uh, you have John Volpe and friends playing piano and accordion and singing Italian uh, love songs and Italian opera. Does that still happen nowadays, you say? Yes, I think you well, can still does. catch John. John yeah. is, yeah. yeah he, he still mm-hmm. plays accordion. He's, he's yeah. excellent. Yeah. And uh, so, so I 23, think... Two, 23, 24 years ago, this happened. Yeah, this happens. And they all end up over at Volpe's uh, drinking and, and, I think, playing, uh, singing Italian opera with, uh, with uh, John Volpe. They were enamored with the place. And the story goes, uh, it was from Nigel James, I think, from BGP, said, mm-hmm. well, Tom, what it was was that they had... Uh, touring their material in Japan and they weren't getting the response that they were expecting so they thought you know what before we go do this tour this Metallica now before we do this tour in the United States we need a small place to try this stuff out some place where if it goes wrong nobody will really notice oh how about that little shithole in I, Petaluma I came to both of those shows <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you, were you I bought tickets no I bought tickets and came to both of those and shows and they were great and they were great yeah they are great it's, yeah. Uh, with me it's all about uh, it's live if I'm going to see metal it's got to be live I can't listen to metal but I can see it live and get it. So they remembered Volpe's. Why don't we play at that place across the street from that great little bar? That way we can hang out over there at the bar and uh, do our two shows and see if it works. And uh, that's what they did. I get a call from uh, BGP, and I say, Tom, we can't tell you who it is. It's weird how rumors start. That was the Black Album. Yeah. It was their Black oh, Album. Yeah. I was going to ask that. And you know what's what funny album, is yeah. the, if you look at that tour, it's huge places they're playing. Yeah. And the first two shows, Phoenix Theater, yeah, Petaluma, Phoenix California. Theater, Petaluma. Oh, yeah. And, but you know what is so weird is the audience, the, the kids, I was told, yeah, Metallica, is, is Metallica playing the Phoenix? Well, no, I don't think so. Where, where have you heard that? That we was your playing. answer a lot. <laughs> and uh, son of a gun, I get a phone call. Tom, we've got a band. We can't tell you who it is. We want to come and do a shakeout show. And I said, geez, was it, is it Metallica? <laughs> and we can't tell you, but it is. <laughs> wow. How does that, like, it's like there's, there, the crowd knows first. And I'd heard their stuff. And I, you know, I, it's great. We're going to have Metallica. Uh, but it's, and it's the same with Slayer. I heard Slayer, and I thought, well, yeah, I kind of get it. It's metal, big deal. But live, when you see them live, holy cow, what a show. They are incredible. They do what they do, and they do it really well. And again, once again, they have such control over the audience. It was a glorious thing to watch, and they put on two incredible nights here. Absolutely a great show. And the same with, uh, and that was the same thing. Like I say with Slayer, I never could understand what the what the 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 thing was with them. You, you know what I remember? That about was Slayer? that was a huge show. Oh, for me. that was one yeah. of the best shows we've I ever felt had here. So little at that. I was that was one of my first shows after I put in the sound system and I kind oh, of man. production managed the theater. Yeah, right. With Alexis from the Trocadero. Oh, yep, yep. And I felt so small. I felt so little. Oh. And, and I remember. Like, I remember Arnie doing security on Slayer. Yes. And and I remember oh thinking, god. oh my god, like we're all gonna die around here. We were we were saved by the fact that Slayer uh, controlled the night as well. Nothing was gonna go wrong because that band had absolute control of, of the house. And they know what they're doing. And they know what they're I, doing. I think to this day that's the loudest show I've ever worked. Yes. Oh no. I remember being in the balcony and it was so loud that when the band started, not only could I not tell any notes or rhythm 
because oh. it was so loud. But I also couldn't really see them because my head was vibrating wow. so oh. violently <laughs> oh. that my oh, vision man. was blurred. The kick drum was... could push you through the back wall. Yeah, yeah. He, he had like our entire oh. regular PA system yeah. as his drum monitor his drum around monitor. him, yes. like oh, like man. in a cage. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a set a show where probably if you were across the street on the lawn of the bank, it would probably oh, yes. sound okay. Oh right, yeah, everybody in the neighborhood heard it. For me, the loudest show was Mars Volta. That was yeah, I wasn't here down. for that one, yeah. Hey, yeah. I got a Volpe story I want to throw in here. Oh, Let's good. hear it. So there was a ska band that came from Arizona, and I don't remember what they were called, but it was when ska was happening, and they were some nice guys. They were kind of like old school, like traditional ska, like acoustic, kind of, I don't yeah. know. But I remember the second time they played here, they were so excited because they had learned the first time about Volpe's. Great. And about John Volpe playing his accordion and doing that little jam back there. And they were here on stage, and they said... Thank you, good night, and picked up their instruments, jumped down off the front of the stage, and literally ran out the front doors, <laughs> straight across the intersection, into Volpe's, <laughs> into and Volpe. jammed with John Volpe until yep. they closed. They That's awesome. Great. Now, last Metallica thing, don't Japanese fans still come and take photos of the we venue? Have, we haven't had any for a while, but yes, we had a stream of Japanese fans coming through to take pictures of the venue because this is where, the first place in America, that they played that album. Why do you think it is... That sometimes, weirdly, at this weird old theater in Petaluma... I already these, know the answer to your question, these, and I've been saying it for decades. What is the, okay, and my question is, for people who can't read my mind, <laughs> why do acts and bands and groups that have no business playing a 700-person venue in the middle of Petaluma, what makes them come here? I mean, even since I've been here in the last seven years, we've had bands we should have never gotten. Smashing never Pumpkins smashing. playing, it's an Snoop Dogg playing. It's an absolute it, energy, and it just... Draws, yeah, it, it draws. I think. I think in just... every way, other than the ones that are actually measurable, Petaluma is the center of the universe. <laughs> I think we can all agree. <laughs> yeah, and and the true. Phoenix is the nucleus of Petaluma. That's interesting. You know what? And also, and, and and I would agree with you there because I, you know, I still love Petaluma so very much, and I love the Phoenix so much that that I would go with that. But also. We were at the right place in the history of rock and roll. In the uh, mid-'80s on up through, uh, we were we were the place that would actually take these bands. Uh, even Primus, when they were yeah, just trying yeah, to get yeah. out going. Uh, it, but it wasn't just Petaluma. It was Petaluma, Katati, and uh, Guerneville. Yeah, the end of the beginning theater. and the Guerneville Theater. You bet. We yeah. were part of I mean, we We took bands that, that uh, nobody would because they didn't know about them. Um, I couldn't get... The radio station in Santa Rosa to play half these bands, uh, the, the Fox. The Fox, yeah, They yeah. kept saying, well, yeah. you know, who are they? What, what do you mean can we play their music? Well, you guys, it would kind of be cool. Me, I could promote with you guys if you would play some of their stuff. But really what was true is we didn't have to. Mr. Bungle, who knew Mr. Bungle? Well, the, the scene in Sonoma County knew Mr. Bungle. Mr. Bungle is, uh, of course, Trace Bruins. Yeah, uh, you bet. And Mike Patton. The reason is because these bands come here and they have amazing shows. Yeah. They yeah. come, they they we and they don't energy. know it's coming. Yeah, like they have <laughs> no true. idea that because they get have here, there's no bar, show. and they're like, oh, okay, this yeah. is just going to be whatever. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it's and deeper than that. It's, 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 it's an it's an energy thing because it's because, because of what Tom I mean. Gaffey. Well, I, well, yeah. I mean, the reason it's I still here is because of him. <laughs> I would make that argument. And whatever that energy all comes from him. Well, because, that, you know, what we're talking about, they have again, people have great shows here and, and, and all that, but it all happens before that. I mean, there has to be a wheel is in motion, a booking agent reaching out to the Phoenix and all that, and it's just, it defies all understanding, but it still happens. Well, you yep. know yeah, but mm-hmm. they still, like, even shows where there's nobody here, because we've all seen shows in this building <laughs> yeah. where Less there's Jake, nobody here. I was yeah. the only where audience it, member, and they dedicated every single song to the sound guy 
guy and yeah. then started playing it as if they were in front of a hundred million people. <laughs> yes, Tell us about were, that's crazy. So they, they were not they popular were, yet? No. no. That, I, I think I was literally the only person in the room they that were wasn't great. on the stage. Do you remember that, Tom? Yes, I do. They were incredible. Yeah, really the Cherry Pop and Daddies did that too. The yeah. When they were the that punk they were just a tiny punk rock band from Oregon. Yeah. yeah. One of my and favorite bands ever. Yeah. Still to this yeah. day. Yeah. What to a great this day. Band. Hottest horn section on the West Coast. So, so uh, then here's, here's an example people. of how the market changes. And this is one of my favorite Phoenix stories. So we did the Cherry Pop and Daddies for years. Years. Had tons of shows. Yeah. Always yeah. great. Always a piece always, of cake. Yeah, we were doing always big, great to big, work big with. numbers with him. Yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden, Zoot Suit Riot happened. They signed yeah. a label. They signed yeah. a contract and they became all corporate. We couldn't get them back. And yeah, well, we no, no. But they played one more show. Yeah. It was right at the cusp, and all of a sudden, the audience was different. Yeah, there yeah. was a lot of backwards baseball hats and pop collars, and you know, it was like the college scene, and everybody yeah. was hyped up because going to a show was a big deal that you only do once in a while, not every weekend. Yeah, right. You know, it was a different audience for us. It, it was, was a, a different it was a pop audience, and it erupted into one of the most oh, violent right. nights I've ever seen. It, yeah, it, it was really a tough did. And it started yeah, with with a skateboarder who had some kind of friction. With some some yeah dude in the crowd, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Like that. Yeah, and, and it kept um, going outside. Yeah, and and, right. and and pretty soon there were masses of people out on the street. Yep. Yeah. Fist fighting. I do remember. Yeah. That. And I remember being <laughs> uh, in a semicircle of staff mix. people back to back. <laughs> we were like outnumbered. Outnumbered. Yeah. Fighting people off. Well, we had one in of the, the best street. staffs. Did in, this in the seem country. to you like uh, like kind of the old audience and the new audience going? Yeah, at it? yeah there it was, was def- it was a turf fight. Okay, so now is that the same sort of generation that uh, went to war with Tiger Army in the backstage? Yes, yes. So it was yes. exactly it's that. the exact exactly same that. generation. That was yeah. yeah, the same. It was same. Man, same All right, what, wasn't there wasn't there, there a, wasn't there a buyout the next time? Could, no, and that was and that was actually that was that was a that was a Jim Tom collaboration. Let's tell that story. Let's tell the whole story. Yeah, let's tell the whole story. Here's the thing, Tiger Army. Army played here, I don't know when it was, 2003, 2004, and there's a lot of rumors about this, so much so that Gabe Moline, the former editor of The Bohemian, in the run-up to Tiger Army's return here, published an article that just listed all the rumors, which Tom got oh, so my. pissed about. <laughs> oh, I did? There's yeah, been, probably. There's been two, Tom and I have worked together for seven or eight years now, and I, I love Tom, yeah, but thanks. there's been two times where it got bad between us, and one of them was, was the night of the Tiger Army show, oh, because Tom damn. did not want to do that show at all, yep. did not want to bring him back, and I really wanted no. to bring him yeah. back. Well, was, after the first time. Yeah. Well, yeah. it wasn't their first time. No. They've been around for a while. I remember, it was Nick uh, 13, yep. and Nick came to us uh, in the uh, early days of the AFI. He was he came with a smaller a, band from Ukiah. It was a crew from Ukiah, and his first band was oh, a smaller Ukiah. band here from Ukiah. Oh, Ukiah. And uh, so they we had a hell of a, a good long history with Tiger Army, and and I love all those guys. We we'd watch them grow up in the industry. But yes, that particular night. Um, so now the rumors go. Lots of crazy stuff. Stuff about yeah. like the band beating up a guy with a Petaluma Market shopping cart, which is St- true. Stuff about no, a guy. No, it wasn't the band. It was their. It was their. Their, their staff. Stuff about a, a chili pepper being like put into somebody's eye. Somebody in a wheelchair what? in the uh, audience getting oh my beaten God. up. Yeah, right. All yeah, sorts it, of crazy stuff like no, that. So what, actu- was so what actually? Minute happened? work. Actually. What actually <laughs> happened? Well, well what? A Earth very Earth. good friend, someone that I've watched grow up in downtown Petaluma, and just. I think he's one of my favorite people. The story he's about to tell is what got Tiger Army banned from the theater. You have to really fuck up to get banned from well, this theater. Well, we were not yeah. exactly banned. We were <laughs> just well, that's be, not necessarily true. No, and no, there's been bands that are 
band. Uh, yeah, yeah. Theater. I mean, well, because They're I just—he's pretty flexible though, because he Tom fault. will get mad like the night of a show. Oh, we're never having those people back again. And then like you know, by like, the end of the night, yeah. he's like, thanks you guys. I'm sorry, I yelled at you. Look, so, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. I wish he had followed through with that. By the way, right. So there was an incident backstage where a, a person under the influence of alcohol. He was very drunk, kept wandering back there, and, and uh, we'd walked him out, and I walked him out the last time, the third or fourth time. I walked him out and walked him down the street, and we were talking and joking, great, and he was off. And off he staggered, and that was great. Well, I didn't know, uh, so Tiger Army is, just, is hitting the stage. At this point, we've marshaled most of the staff now uh, to get ready for a, a big pit show. We had a ton of people on in, in the house. It was probably, we were in the, in the 911 numbers in those days. So we had 911 people here. We were sold out. So I brought all my staff back inside. We had one guy out and back. Just before they went on, I was hopelessly understaffed back in the back parking lot. This guy, who was under the influence of alcohol, staggered back there again and did start uh, hassling the band's crew. At which point it turned into a pretty much uh, three, I think there were three of them, and they, they, they beat this guy up pretty bad. And if, if there's anybody in this town that can take a punch, this is the guy that can take it. And he would have been fine with that, except for also they, they ended up beating him with a shopping cart from <laughs> Petaluma Market, as a matter of fact. What a place. The it's very, only because it's next the, door. The very, yeah, well, and because that's where we get the, the, the and everything for the That's riders. where we steal all yeah. our shopping That's where carts. all of the beer and, and the water and the food. This is where I learned cart. that we never leave a shopping cart in the back parking lot anymore because they ended up beating this guy with a shopping cart. But <laughs> shortly after that and happened. Just picture that crowd. You know, <laughs> shopping carts are very unwieldy, but they yes. were beating a guy up with I mean, it. How do you hit food. somebody with exactly. that? Like, there's no mass <laughs> at any one particular place. No. No, you but they figured it out. Yeah, I guess. Really and I would have actually given them points for that. However, and I didn't even know what happened until the next day when the police came to get a report from me. You're saying, what? He did what? He what? Yeah, he went to the hospital. What are you talking? Who? What? When did that happen? Well, it happened in your parking lot. What are you talking about? Well, we've got a report here that... Uh, the uh, staff for the band uh, Tiger Army actually got in an altercation with uh, one of uh, with a Petaluman, and uh, they ended up beating him almost to death with a shopping cart. <laughs> oh, son of a gun! <laughs> well, that's news to me. But as the day why, why progresses, so the day and the week progress because now it was like ten or fifteen years ago. Thank yeah, God, yeah. it took me a while to get over it because this was a good friend of mine who did promise that he wouldn't sue me. We got told by two people that he told me I won't sue you if you never have them back. Okay, well, you know I can understand. Yeah, there was a lynch mob after that, <laughs> there, and there was a lynch mob. That's right. Mm-hmm. We had to protect them, and they almost they had to fight their way out of town almost. Yeah. Also, after though, the show, the night of the show, after right? the show, that's right. So I they, forgot. They beat the guy up backstage. Then they yeah. come play their show, and, and all of the friends of the guy yeah, gathered the while they're performing. Yes, showing up. Yep. Yeah, start showing up. Also, while that was going on during the show, somebody had yelled something at the band that the band did not like, and they invited him up on stage to discuss it with him. And as he, and I've seen three different angles of this because there are videos of it. And as he was stepping up onto the stage, he got hit with one of our microphones. Oh, I yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just like cold cocked. Uh, yeah, they ended up hitting this guy with one of our microphones, and that was on three different uh, videos that people showed me the next day. But I saw it happen anyway, and that was a tough one. And that say, and that person said the same thing. You know what? I'm not going to sue you. And he could have, because there's the videos. It yep. doesn't matter what he had done <laughs> or said. You can't beat a guy with the microphone. And, and you know, with the 900. 
111 witnesses. Well, I don't yeah. know. They could have sued me. Because the guy who got his ass kicked by him didn't want him back either. He didn't want him back right? either. So oh, yeah. two no, guys he, who got their asses kicked yeah, by Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and but they, we were only really concerned about shopping cart, not Sure right. 58. Sure, yeah, because sure. the Sure 58 had <laughs> like moved to... That. Right. Sure 58 had moved to Philadelphia, and I wouldn't know how to find him except for he was Cody McCoy's cousin. So this, <laughs> this was all before my time, this show he just described. There was pretty much like one rule for me. Now I booked a lot of the national shows now, and, yeah. uh, and the one rule was basically no Tiger Army. That's, yeah, sure. So of course, in like the, the first year of me doing shows, I get an email from Stormy Shepherd of Leave Home Booking. Yeah. She wants to bring Tiger Army. Yeah. And of course, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, this is great. This is another big band. <laughs> and she's Ooh, excited because she doesn't have to deal with Tom Gaffey over this. And, sure. And I, and That's I, exciting. I knew that Tom's position was going to be negative, but yeah. I also knew that I could probably talk him out of it. Um, <sighs> so I bring it to him, and the initial answer is nope. No, 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 no. And I no. know he's thinking there's going to be a fucking lynch mob. Yeah, there's going to be. That's what he thought. Yeah, yeah. And, and and he wasn't so concerned about the lynch mob so much. I think as going promised. back on his word, yeah. he'd promised, I'd and promise. then also how that would appear to everybody because you know you did give your word to that generation. Yeah, yeah. And I said, who is this guy? Could we talk to him? Could we could we like make some sort of a financial <laughs> arrangement with him? And Tom was like, well, I'll propose it to him. Yeah. So I believe we paid the shopping cart guy five hundred dollars. We yeah. came in at two fifty. I threw a friend. I said, you know what? Talk to him and see if he'll do it. Would he be okay if we paid him 250 bucks? And he came back with, he'd be okay if you paid him 500 bucks. <laughs> okay. So it was a show expense that we just didn't tell the band about. And <laughs> I thought we did. We didn't? No, 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 oh, no, no. And, and what, uh, so what's funny about all this, there's a really good conclusion And I love Tiger Army, really. Because it was a really bad thing between Tom and I because we did. Yeah. Tom didn't want to do it, but begrudgingly he did it. I did it. And then this article comes out in the Bohemian yes. and it's, it's basically like, here's all this crazy shit Tiger Army did some of which was true some of which wasn't and then at the end like Gabe Moline kind of was like a not very nice thing to end it with he's like so if any of this is true why are they allowed to play yes. the Phoenix Theater again? Well, because boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, oh, and so that, that rubbed Tom the wrong way. And then yeah. when that got published, a bunch of old Phoenix people started writing Tom. Yes. And oh, they were talking, I don't know if they called you a sellout, but they basically said, uh, yeah, like, I you know, you're, you're better than that, Tom. Why the fuck yes. are you doing this? Oh, you're man, tr- betraying tough. us. Yeah. So then that in turn made you mad at me. That was like time and, 20 I'd been called a sellout. And I remember, <laughs> I remember. And we, if there's one thing Tom Gaffey is not, I try not to so, be. <laughs> so the show, uh, the show happens without a hitch. You know, they, they come, no lynch mob comes, nobody, nobody old shows up at the show. There's a couple shitty no. emails, but whatever. <laughs> then it took a, a wonderful turn at the end. Nick 13's parents were right up in the middle of yes, the balcony, that was front wonderful. row. Yep. Nick 13 and thanked Tom Gaffey people. for his yep. development as an artist and, and yeah. couldn't be where he was without mm, Tom, yeah. thanked his parents. It was what just like I a say? really lovely sort of thing. Because when you get right down to it, they are all, and Jeff on bass, they're, they're a great band and they are great people. They're When you get in the heat of the moment of rock and roll, and quite frankly, some of the coolest moments that happened here in the 90s were uh, really hot and Emotional. really angry and yes. semi-violent or maybe really violent. And but, half of that decade you could smoke inside the building. Yeah, and half the decade you could smoke in the building. Nothing good about some of the greatest moments here, quite frankly, except that they happened and we lived. And looking back on it, my God, uh, that <laughs> that is what rock and roll is in many ways. And we got to have those moments here. And that's and I do love very much uh, Tiger Army. I think what they do, they do really well. Much like just, the, you guys here, they cut their teeth so, on this stage, wouldn't oh. you say? Uh, yeah, Nick 13. Well, and Jeff and Nick. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm trying to think who their, who their drummer is now. Um, 
But I think so. The same with all of them. But it's another really cool Gee, aspect. Of, there's oh. so many cool aspects, but so many people have gotten they their did. start and gone on to do incredible things here. Yeah. And I love that. But, and that's why I think the Phoenix is is got the karma in the industry that it gets is because we do uh, in the early days we took bands that really couldn't nobody would, and we kicked ass with them. Quite frankly, made them uh, desirable. You know, well, it gave it's, them a chance to work their well, chops, yeah. I guess. But it made us desirable yeah. as well. Yeah, it was exactly. Like, we all grew together, and it was uh, boy, they were good times. But uh, you know. And, and uh, yeah, and uh, that's why I think partly we we get what we get. So then the Roots are playing here, okay? Oh, and too. it was a long sound check. It was a weird sound check. I, I remember Quest Love. All he wanted at his monitors was his own snare drum, oh, really, really he, loud with lots of reverb on it. That's all that's he awesome. wanted. <laughs> and the bass player wanted like more bass than could ever come out of our whole PA system to come yeah. out of his monitor. And the singer wasn't there for sound check. And they come out and they play. And they do a couple of songs, and the singer's like, more, more, more. And then somebody from his entourage is standing behind me, like, shoving me on the shoulder. Like, he said, more, man, more. Oh, you know? Oh, and I'm, like, no. fighting with this guy, who I don't even know who he is, but clearly is mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> you know? And I think, I think at one point, I look at him, and I go, go right ahead and point at the mixer. And he kind of, his face just went white, like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> You're like, that's right. And um, so they start to kick into the big hit. And I don't know the roots, but I can tell this is the hit just judging by the audience. They light the fuck up once this riff starts (laughs) and the beat just drops and the singer stops the song. And he turns and he looks at me at the monitor console and he goes, hey man, this show's going to end unless you can give me what I'm asking for. Oh, oh And no. bottles come flying over the PA at me. <laughs> oh, dear. And I'm like, you yeah. motherfucker. I think Sorry, I went and I found you, Tom, and I went, okay, yeah. so here's the deal. Um, everything is already up all the way. Uh, and yeah. if I turn any knob clockwise anymore, we're going to start blowing stuff up. And I think you were having a rough night or something. You're like, yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's always good. Yeah. So that's then always good. we had to recone all of the wedges. Uh, so the show stopped right now. Yeah, it until, stopped. Until and I went back up there and want. I turned yeah. everything up. Yeah, and blue. they stopped complaining and they kept playing. And I went out uh, there afterwards, immediately after the set stopped. Like, audience is still here, and I'm out there testing the monitors, uh, and about half of them are blown. Yeah, I would well, hate I getting that. those phone calls from Tom. Yeah. Yep. I, I would uh, be, like, somewhere out on the road, and I get this call from Tom. Ian, what the fuck are we going to do about these fucking wedges? Oh, uh, I hated those. That was, having those issues. So that's a good Tom story. So when the mirror came down, oh, as mentioned in a previous episode, yeah. um, and you were saving some of it. Yeah. And Tom, in his infinite wisdom, generally a very smart guy, but not on this particular uh-huh, day, uh-huh. had stored some of the mirror in the mic stand closet. Oh, oh no. Oh, leaned up right. against the wall alongside yeah. oh, all of these heavy iron bases that are precariously stacked. Yes. That it, it's like, it had been a topic of discussion how often <laughs> the mic stands don't fit and they all fall over and it's, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I come in to do a show have no idea. The pieces of the mirror have been put in the closet and proceed to destroy them yes. by pulling the mic stands out. <laughs> and like it broke one on accident and was like, what the, why is there a goddamn mirror in here? So now I'm just like breaking it up. <laughs> Tom comes walking in. <laughs> what, what the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> Screaming and cussing and throwing shit about how I've ruined the legacy of the Phoenix. Well, not the full legacy, but a good part of it. <laughs> I put them there for safekeeping, and you've yeah. destroyed the history uh, of the building. And 
that's right. That <laughs> oh my god, that, that was one of the worst fights we ever got into. Yeah, Why sure. would you put anything on this? Dude? Because I, I immediately keep fought it back. I'm like, you know what the fuck were you thinking? Which is not the thing to say to Tom when he's in the middle of. Oh, it's not at all. Right. Right. But we were both unrelenting. We were not going to back down. No. It's always okay the next day. Right. Right. I don't think. I think this one was sore for a while. I'm not saying I have been validated. You're absolutely correct. I know. The fact remains, Nick, you did ruin the legacy. I know. I know. I have a piece of that beer. I have a really good beer. I do not have a piece. Well, I've yelled at myself. I mean, I yell at myself more than anybody else. No, that's a good one. That's true. I have walked into the building, seen you in the room by yourself, throwing (laughs) things and yelling. I do a quick circle around. There's nobody here. I'm not going to be the one to be here. I'm going to turn around and walk back out. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. But you you know what? One of my favorite all-time performance moments here is listening to you sing Don't Stop Believing with Toast Machine. Were you here for that show? I was mixing that that show, and that was the first time I fully, absolutely, and unequivocally ran out of gas with the sound system. Like, every... Every fader was all the way up, and oh, I was literally like man. boosting frequencies that I knew yeah. the limiter wouldn't Toast catch. Machine. Just trying to get more out of it. Uh, just like my arms in the air, like, yes! It was awesome. Oh, it's worth man. watching that for is, the people out there listening. If, if you don't understand like what's so cool about this building, watch that video. I think my favorite moment was still uh, with, with Toast Machine was the Bob O'Reilly, which I wish we got that one because that was, mm-hmm. holy cow, that was a that was Yeah, too. no, that was a good one, too. Yeah, that yeah. really was, oh You did gosh. some good ones yeah. with Sabretooth. Uh-huh. Too Johnny B. Good. So what we're, good. Yeah, what we're talking the, about is Tom Tom guesting with bands yeah, that have sort true. of cut their teeth on the stage. Look, here's the deal. What I'm <laughs> what I'm really getting from this, and I, you know, and I'm the first one to admit it. Dude, I suck. Oh Jeez. no 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 no! no. It, it see, the, the thing is that you're so good. Sometimes you just suck so bad to make up <laughs> that's for true. it. No, <laughs> I maybe suck, but I'm great no, at it. You, you don't suck at all. I mean, to to have put up with all the stuff you've put up with in this building for the last thirty years, you you deserve to be so much worse than any of these stories. That is true. You do. I mean, no, you've been to hell and back doing uh-huh. this thing. Oh man, you've sacrificed everything you know, to do hell this. Looks like Even I your hair. True. Yeah. I remember no, I was I, I was starting to become more of a professional. Yeah. And I was starting to be frustrated with this place. Right. Absolutely. And I got into a fight with you. Right on And schedule. I remember saying, like, what the fuck, Tom? Why can't you just try? Why can't you just focus and organize and, and uh, be this yeah. this kind of venue that I think we're supposed to be? We're supposed to be, yeah. And you looked at me and you said, uh, because this place runs on chaos. Yeah. And I am the director of chaos. And this is how I choose for it to operate. And I think that it's actually the best conscious decision on how this building should be. That's true. I still go. And I remember that. looking at you and being like, I'm such an asshole. Because <laughs> no, you're no. totally right. Uh, weird, weird about this place, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Anarchy and chaos. And, yeah. and uh, you know what? So here's the deal. And I would argue that we've actually been able to introduce organization into the mix while maintaining the case. You're a good man. <laughs> Do you want to know one of the pivotal moments of my life? And I just remembered it last night because I was watching Woodstock. And there's a scene in that movie where the two guys who promoted it had realized they had just lost an ungodly amount of money on this project. And they were totally happy with that because the event had turned out to be such an incredible event. And I, I, I saw that moment and have lived that moment all my life wanting to do that, weirdly enough. And that's what we're doing here sometimes. I mean, we have so many incredible moments 
lose such incredible amounts of money sometimes. And, and just yes, in they the do. total operation. When you yes, look again, do. every time somebody comes to work for me, usually the first thing I will tell them is, now look at how I do this and do not run a business this way. Don't try and do this at home. My do God, as I say, it? not as I do. Yes, I mean, well, it's everything wrong. There is, I mean, I, I know. I, I, I love that about you too, because it's like, because it's like, I'm aware. But, I am, but it it some of the things I do aren't great, but I'm not changing. It, it, it works for you. This is the way I do it. <laughs> for some reason, in this building, it works for you. It does. I, where else could a 14 or 15 year old kid end up, you know, doing sound for yeah. thousand person shows and really figuring out that it was a career? Yeah, and where else? Because that's what this building does best, and that's it. I mean, we have some incredible moments, some incredible shows, but also uh, it was where a fourteen-year-old kid learned how to run projectors and ended up coming back and running this place. And he's and, holding the mic and I talking am, right well, now. And I'm working falling on off my the balcony technique. after going off hand the over balcony. hand. No, yeah. I mean, and that's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Right. That's so beautiful. Yeah. You came in here when you were thirteen, fourteen, yeah, and you absolutely. started in the candy bar. Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. you worked your way up to yeah. here we are. You, you know what's are. crazy is we're, that he can still recreate that experience for multiple other people. But not that's just what we for do your own, but everyone else. Generations. I mean, that's, Generations. That's crazy. That's crazy he can yeah. do that. Right? And, and, and he would take the issue Phoenix with your pronoun. It. He would yeah, say yeah. it's not him doing it's, it. It is the it's Phoenix. It's the Phoenix doing and it. All, right. all thanks to God. I am, I'm, I am, there's a movie called Being There. And if I recall it correctly, it was, it was uh, Peter Sellers. And it was this kind of half-wit who found himself at these stellar moments in history, at these pinnacle moments in history. And people would ask him for advice and he would just say what was on the top of his mind at the time because that's all he had in his head. And th- it was these moments that he would, th- these words that he would say that would change history. It's a great movie, being there. And really that's what I feel like. I feel like sometimes I'm just a halfwit and it's my job just to flow. <laughs> and yeah. Just keep the doors open and, and whatever people make of it, far out if they can make something of it and that's god as far as i'm concerned that's just you know that's what i'm supposed to do if i or maybe i'm not maybe again maybe it's pure dumb luck thank you god (laughs) that's all i can say about that really i think that that is probably going to have to be the closing note that we do i think and i and i and i know that i can speak for myself i bet you guys feel the same way I appreciate this building's role in my life and your role in and my I life. And I do too. I res- well, I appreciate this building's role in my life. And well, thank you. Absolutely. Wow. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's well. It's, are you kidding? The honor's been all mine. Are you kidding? You know what's funny you is that have... every time something goes wrong, you take responsibility, and every time something goes right, you're like, well, the phoenix. You know, that's what it's here for. Well, that's what it's here for. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Save my life. You yeah. Know? I want to thank you guys for joining us. It was a whole lot of fun. It was a lot yeah, of fun. It was Thanks. Yes. Thank Thanks you. so much. Holy cow. Any, any anything else, Tom? Or? No, just holy cow, you know, far out. <laughs> <laughs> Hand motion, come on. Yeah, yeah. Far out. Uh, yeah. All right. Far out, kid. Yeah. Far out, Tom. <laughs>